This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, October 28th. I'm Emily Peck, in for Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're covering today. States gear up to spend billions on broadband access. Plus, Afro-Latinos are playing a bigger role in baseball. But first, can any minds be changed before election day? Our Friday politics state of play is today's one big thing. President Biden was in Syracuse, New York yesterday to tout his party's economic accomplishments and to send a warning about what he says Republican control of Congress would mean by comparison. It's part of Democrats' final dash before Election Day. Meanwhile, over 15 million ballots have already been cast in early voting around the country. Here with our Friday politics state of play is Axios co-founder Mike Allen and reporter for Axios Atlanta, Emma Hurt. Welcome to you both. Hey, Emily. Thanks for having us. Hi, Emily. Mike, we saw a few high-profile debates this week. Did we learn anything? Yes, and of course, all the conversation is about that Pennsylvania debate. John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor, Democrat running against Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, who had such a rough debate. We knew he was recovering from a stroke back in May, and they had the accommodation of closed captioning that both the candidates could see. But there was no indication that was particularly helpful. And we had Democrats that night saying to our political reporters, how did they possibly let him go out? How did the campaign think that having stumbling answers, this uncertainty, how could that be better than the hit that you would take from saying, no, I won't debate? And the why it matters of that, arguably the closest Senate race in the country, a flip a coin Senate race, like so many races, moving maybe a little bit in Republican directions, but as close as a true toss-up as you're going to get. And, you know, there's another really close Senate race, too, down here in Georgia, and it's been a bit wild this week because we had another allegation by another woman who says she was an ex-girlfriend of Herschel Walker, the Republican nominee, that he pressured her to get an abortion, paid for it, and even drove her to the clinic. But on the trail, we are seeing Herschel Walker refused to let that bring him down. He calls it a lie, as he did with the first allegation. And polls show that, indeed, since that first allegation three weeks ago, the race is still tied. I mean, I was at a Herschel Walker event yesterday where I spoke to one of his supporters, Rich Gorkas, and this doesn't sway him at all. He could be totally telling the truth 100%, and she's a liar. So, you know, it's a judgment call. And I've heard that from many Republican supporters. Again, though, in such a tight race, it's those, you know, less than 5% of undecided voters and people who haven't yet voted. Mike, what do we know about which issues voters care about most right now? Our Axios Visuals colleague and Stuff Kite have had this amazing midterms dashboard that lets you see in real time what people are searching for in specific states. So it's a proxy for what do people care about? What are people talking about? Not what do reporters 
ask them, but what do they talk about on their own? And look at this chart of what people are most interested in. Jobs, taxes, firearms, wages, Ukraine. That does not sound like a super democratic slate of issues. These races are all very, very, very close and tight, but you'd rather be Republicans than Democrats at this moment. And it's a big part because of these topics, what people are talking about. I think one of the most fascinating changes this week has been the fact that the Republican Lee Zeldin seems to be making a real run at New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Nobody could have seen that coming. But look at this graphic that I saw on CNN that really tells you that story. This was a Quinnipiac poll about the most urgent issue facing New Yorkers. Crime, 28%. Inflation, 20%. Abortion, 6%. Mike, what are you watching for over the next week and a half? First, if you're a Republican, this should keep you on your toes. We're hearing from both sides. There's a lot of movement in the electorate. Two voter groups that you're going to hear a lot about that Axios has had great coverage of, but college-educated women, Hispanic voters. Where they go is going to tell a huge story about this election. And Emma, I wonder what you think of this scenario. This is some plausible. People I've talked to in both parties say that it could very well happen that the Georgia U.S. Senate race goes to a runoff. That could mean that we're not going to know on election night who controls the Senate. That is the worst fear of both parties here on the ground, because all anybody wants to do is just know for sure the night of. But as we know, this has happened before. Georgia is the only state in the country with this kind of general election runoff structure. And so those are the things people are talking to me about now if they'll agree to talk about a runoff, because most people don't want to jinx it and even discuss the possibility. Mike Allen is the co-founder of Axios, and Emma Hurt is a reporter for Axios Atlanta. Thanks again for coming. Thanks, Emily. Emma, thanks for your reporting. Emily, have the best weekend. In a moment, the big push for nationwide broadband internet. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Emily Peck in for Nyla Boudou. Before the pandemic, about half of U.S. states had a broadband internet office working to build out high-speed infrastructure. Now, every state has one, and many are looking to hire. That's because states are getting ready for an influx of infrastructure cash, more than $40 billion, to make sure every American has access to high-speed internet service. Axios tech policy reporter, Margaret Harding-McGill has been covering this story and is here with the big picture. Margaret, we're seeing more job postings for broadband office directors. What exactly does this job entail? So these broadband office directors are going to have to figure out how to make state plans for overseeing hundreds of millions in funding from multiple state and federal broadband programs. So they're basically in charge of making sure that this money is used to connect every person in their state to high-speed internet service. So how has access to broadband changed in the past few years? Are there still pockets of the country where folks can't get online or they can't get high-speed access? What's going on there? There are two, I think, big issues when it comes to broadband access. One is literally, are there connections to be had? And there are still some very rural areas that just are so hard to build out to that it's impossible without federal funding. And then the other piece of it is affordability, where there are wires going by your house, but you can't afford to pay for the service. And there are parts of the infrastructure funding that can be used for that as well. 
What should we expect to see happen going forward? There's going to be new maps that come out that explain all the different areas where broadband is and isn't. And then the states are going to be pouring over those maps to make sure that no area that doesn't have broadband is left out. And then after that, they start applying for funding, and then the states themselves will be in charge of what companies get the money to to build in those areas. So it's going to be a lengthy process, but we're getting closer to the start gate. It seems so unbelievable to me that in 2022, there are people in this country that can't get high-speed internet access. There are plenty of places where you just, even if you have service, it's really old and really slow and you have no options. So the whole goal of this infrastructure package is to make sure that every single American has access to the internet, which has become vital in the pandemic for school, for work, for basically every function of daily life. And states are kind of making sure that they have the pieces in place that they don't waste any of this money. Margaret Harding McGill covers tech policy for Axios from D.C. Thanks for joining us, Margaret. Thank you, Emily. Game one of the World Series between the Phillies and the Astros is tonight. And for the first time in 72 years, the roster is expected to have no non-Hispanic Black American players. As Axios race and justice reporter Keldy Ortiz tells us, Afro-Latino players are on the rise. As Major League Baseball is looking less like Jackie Robertson, it's becoming more like Roberto Clemente. This year's World Series will feature several Afro-Latinos, and yet reports don't clearly show they exist. Afro-Latino players have long existed since the Negro Leagues, and some are in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. A report shows that on opening day, 7.2% of players are Black or African-American, while that same report shows Latinos make up around 28.5%. As to how many of those Latinos are Afro-Latinos, it's not really known. That's Axios's Kelby Ortiz. And that's all for this week. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Lydia McMullen-Laird, and Robin Lin. Our sound engineers are Alex Sugiara and Ben O'Brien. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Sarah Kehalani-Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. I'm Emily Peck. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and Nyla will be back with you here on Monday. The Last Archive is a show about the history of truth, or the lack thereof. It's about how we know what we know and why it seems these days as if we can't agree on anything at all. Harvard historian Jill Lepore tells stories about common knowledge, from high school juries ruling on the truthfulness of political ads to the cloud scientists who predicted the future of weather. Listen to The Last Archive wherever you get your podcasts.